0: The Ministry of Reconciliation. I want to talk to you about this wonderful, great ministry that God has made us to be a part of and has included us in this Ministry of Reconciliation. I want you to turn with me to 2 Corinthians 5, and this is going to be our our springboard scripture that we're going to uh, be looking at here. Second Corinthians five eighteen and nineteen. And uh, I hope all of you bring your Bibles. You've got your Bibles with you here tonight. Praise God. <clears throat> so we're looking here at the very first scripture up here at the top of the page. It says uh, 2 Second Corinthians, Second Corinthians five, eighteen. And all things are of God who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ. Notice that. Reconciled is to bring together. Now, this is what I've got on number one here is the definition of it, reconciliation, to bring back together. And I say back together in the sense that one time mankind started out in favor with God and Adam and Eve, of course. At times, God brought them back in favor again, such as Noah and and uh, his his three sons and their wives they're all in harmony with god and then they they go they get out of harmony with god and abraham he brought back in harmony with god and things of this nature so along the way god has brought people back in harmony with god but then there's times whenever they have to be brought back and so <clears throat> we use the word here to bring back together reconciliation i'm going to Read this 18th verse again and then go into 19. And all things are of God who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. The ministry of reconciliation. Verse 19, to wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. So I want to talk to you how God has has chosen to include us to be part of this reconciliation process by which the Lord would have us to uh, be involved in. In living for him and walking with him. I'm going to go to number two here. Our reconciliation in God. Go to Ephesians 2, 4. Ephesians 2, 4. And uh, if you look 4 through 8, I'm going to read these four verses to you here. But God who is rich in mercy. And look at this very closely here. God who is rich in mercy for his love wherewith he loved us. Even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace, you're saved. Now, this is emphasized down in verse 8 here, and I'll get to that in a few moments. But by grace, you are saved. Now, stay with me on this very closely here. Verse 6. And hath raised us up together And made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That's what church is all about. We have the privilege to sit together in heavenly places. You could be out in that old world and just be out in sin. Come to the Lord. Get saved. Start walking with God. Serving the Lord. And God will put you in his presence. And we can have that wonderful experience Of just being in heavenly places with the Lord and folks if you live for God and walk with God very long sooner or later you're gonna really enjoy some heavenly places I have come right out of that world out there and I've come into the house of God and the people begin to sing and the people begin to worship and the people begin to lift their hands and they begin to praise the Lord And I may have had all kinds of troubles out there. I may have had all kinds of disappointments out there. But when I'm in the house of God and that presence of the Lord comes down and you feel the Spirit of God, I want you to know we're sitting together in heavenly places. Nothing in this world can compare to that experience. Nothing, nothing. So we have this wonderful privilege in the Lord And the Bible says here, and read verse 5 again, Even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ, by grace you are saved. Verse 6, And hath raised us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now, I'm going a little further here. Get to my point here on this, this, this series of verses here. That in the ages to come, he might show his exceeding riches of his grace. His grace. And his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. Now, verse 8 is what we're talking about. For by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God. Now, I want to talk to you just a few moments here about this grace of God. For by grace you are saved. Not saved by faith. You don't find anywhere in the Bible where it says about saved by faith. It says saved by grace and that through faith. Through faith. faith. We're saved by grace. Grace is the unearned favor of God. It is the unmerited blessings, the unmerited favor of God upon us. We had no right to it. We have none of us. We had no right to anything that God has given us and done for us. And to bring us out of sin and put us into his church, his body, his body of believers, to make us part of this wonderful uh, kingdom of God on earth. And we were nothing, folks, that is the grace of God. Praise the Lord. That's the grace of God. But God has extended grace to all men. But all men are not saved. So there is required that we might receive it through faith. You've got to have faith to believe the Lord for his grace. We're not saved by faith. We're saved by grace. But we believe God through that faith. And therefore, grace is applied to us and salvation comes to us by the grace of God. Praise the Lord. So we are saved by grace and that through faith. You can have uh, two men can walk in together, and sit down in a, let's say on the back row, unsaved, nobody's, nobody's saved, either two or three of them, just say two men. And they can be there, the same gospel goes forth, same songs are sung, same worship happens in the service, the same message is preached, and it goes forth, and one of those men is touched by the presence of God and decides, I'm going to do something about what has been given unto me here at this time. And that is, I'm going to respond to that grace of God, that love that I'm feeling, that pull that I'm feeling, that attraction that I'm feeling. I'm going to respond to that. And I'm going to respond by acting upon that grace with that, with that faith that's in me. I, I believe the Lord. I believe I, can, I believe the Lord loves me. I believe that he wants me to be saved. And every one of us that are saved here today, and I think most, most all of us, that, inclu- that is just about all of us here, that we came to that place one time in our lives and we felt the presence of God and the goodness of God and the Spirit of the Lord. And he pulled at our heartstrings and we responded to that. And when we responded, that was our faith responding to God's grace. Praise the Lord. Amen. We came to an altar, repented of our sins, baptized in his name, filled with his spirit. And we sit together now in heavenly places. Praise the Lord. But it all came about by the grace of God that was given unto us. Amen. And that we responded to that through faith. Praise the Lord. So we are saved by grace and that through faith. Martin Luther, I I read his uh, biography years ago. I read all of those Reformation fathers and leaders and. And the uh, founders of uh, all kinds of uh, denominational churches, uh, I've read just about all of their biographies. Martin Luther always said, we are saved by faith alone. And there's no place in the Bible that says we're saved by faith alone. But he was counteracting the Catholic Church that says we're saved by works. So consequently, he was going the other extreme, saying we're saved by faith. Well, we're not saved by faith alone. We're saved by grace that's god's extension to us and that through faith through faith you got to have the faith in our hearts to respond to god's grace that's given unto us and those two men one of them say i'm going to go down and be saved the other one can say oh well i'm not i'm going to and he turns and walks out two men the grace of god was extended to both of them one was saved one was not because one uh, was saved through his faith in god and the other of course rejected it and walked away from it now I won't go any further into that only to say here that <clears throat> thank God for the grace of God. Amen. Thank God for the grace of God. Folks, Amen. who were who were you who were who was I that God would ever extend to us his grace? I mean, I can honestly tell you that was nothing I had to offer. I had nothing to give God. I have nothing to offer him. I said in the back of that Little old Pentecostal church in Niceville, Florida. Sitting there with a couple of my friends. Went there on a Sunday night, playing with a little keychain in my in my pocket with a little old football on it, twirling around on my fingers, looking at the floor, and that that sister was playing that that accordion. Giving an all and preachers giving an altar call and I was feeling God pulling my heartstrings and I was feeling it and I was feeling it. and I said I know I need to go down there and I know the Lord loves me and Jesus I can feel You loving me but I I don't know if that's what I I don't want to you know I, it's not now not now maybe when I'm an old man I'll get saved and live for God but not now when I'm young and all that kind of stuff and everything and finally I said oh well why not and I put that keychain in my pocket got up and walked down to that altar. And the Lord turned my whole life around gave me the baptism of the Holy Ghost that night at that altar. And I went out and they baptized me in the Bible, praise the Lord. And I've lived for God ever since and I've walked with the Lord, folks. And I have no regrets at this age of life that I'm in today. And you never will because the greatest life in all the world, all because of the grace of God. And I had no rights, no rights. To God's love and goodness and mercy that he extended to me. None of us did. Praise the Lord. But it was by God's grace and through grace through faith. Amen. We came to the Lord and we we're saved by that. Amen. I'm going to move on here because i got some things I want to talk to you about here today. Uh, A here. I talked to you that we're saved by grace. By grace are you saved. We have no rights to God's divine favor and goodness. That's true. And then, of course, we talk to you, be here through faith. Our response to God's grace is our faith in him. See, the acts of faith. Faith is manifested in our actions of faith. In our actions of faith. So faith has to have actions involved with them. Now, I'm going to give you some examples in D here. Now, stay with me on this. This is where that people who believe that we're just saved by Believing in the head, if you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you're you are saved. That's it. And the Bible says you shall be. It saved, but they say you are saved. You just believe. Now, there's more to it than that, because there's acts of faith. I'm going to talk to you about that and show you that in the Bible. Now, faith requires actions on our part. <clears throat> it's just like when you felt God deal with your heart, and you responded by faith. You took an action. You walked down to an altar, and you got on your knees, and you repented before God. That was an act of faith. And then somebody says, you need to be baptized in Jesus' name. And you said, okay, let's get baptized then. So you were baptized in Jesus' name. That's an act of faith. Praise the Lord. I believe it. I'm getting baptized in his name. It's not a a works that you're doing to show that you're saved. It is an act of faith praise the lord that brings you to god through the faith that is being manifested in your heart praise the lord so it is an act of faith. go to hebrews if you would 11 here i want to show you something hebrews 11 with me praise god hebrews chapter 11 this is the uh, chapter on faith i'm going to save time here by just picking up a few choice places here just just saving time i'm jumping here to uh Chapter 11, verse 7. By faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, that is, the flood was coming and it's going to cover the earth and everybody's going to die and drown because you going to cover the whole world with water. By faith, Noah, being warned of, of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark, Now, that preparing of the ark was an act of faith on his part. He believed that God's word was true. Now, somebody else, he might have said, hey, God's going to send a flood and cover all the earth. And it's going to cover all the earth. And if you're not ready to go and don't get in the ark, you're going to drown. And somebody else say, phooey, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. And they walk on their way. But Noah believed. He believed that. He believed the word of God because God told him. But it wasn't enough just to believe it and say, yeah, I'll go whistle Dixie and just let it happen. No, 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 no. Yeah, I believe. No, no, that won't work. He had to do something about it. He prepared an ark. You understand what I'm saying here? It is an act of faith. He got on there and he drove whatever they did, nails or spikes or pegs or whatever they did in that. Cut the frame, saw, saw, cut, cut, whittle, chew, all that. I mean, they worked on that thing for a long time, building an ark that God told him exactly how to build it. Exactly how to build it. And he did it exactly how the Lord said. And that was all actions of faith on his part. Do you understand what I'm pointing out to you here? This is what the Bible says. By faith, Noah being warned of God of things seen not yet moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by which he he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness with faith. Now, I'm going to jump down here to uh, to uh, to verse 8. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go into a place which he should actually receive for an inheritance, obeyed, and he went. It wasn't enough just to say, I believe the Lord is going to, raise up of me of a great nation and i'm just going to stay where i am no no the lord said I'm, abraham i want you to go to canaan's land and that's where i'm going to have you to stay and live in that land i'm taking you out of uh the land of ur of the chaldeans where he was living i'm going to take you away from that later on he was heron he took it out of Haran, and so forth and abraham went now i'm just showing you here that by faith there were actions involved he went not knowing whether he went Look at verse 9. By faith, he sojourned in the land. All of these were actions of faith. Praise the Lord, of the land of promise. And I'm just showing you here a little bit how that faith has actions with it. I won't jump down here to verse 24. Verse 24. By faith, Moses. We're talking about Moses now. I'm in 1124 of, of uh, Hebrews. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing. It. He refused to be identified as Pharaoh's daughter, a son, I mean, and, and he chose rather to suffer the affliction of the people of God than to enjoy the pleasure of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ. These were all acts of faith. He, he believed that. The people of God, the Jews, were God's favored people. And he believed it with all of his heart. And even though he was the son of Pharaoh's daughter in, as she had saved him out of the bulrushes, yet he rejected all of that. I'd rather be with God's people, poor and in bondage and everything else because they've got the truth. And he exercised that faith, esteeming the approach of Christ. What is that? What do you mean the reproach of Christ? Christ didn't live back then. No, but they believed that one day the Messiah, the word Christ means Messiah. One day the Messiah would come. The Jews believed that. They were taught that. And he believed that. One of these days the Messiah is going to come, and I believe that with all my heart. He esteemed that to be higher than all the things that Egypt had to offer. That's the dead known world. He walked away from it, esteeming that the the reproach or the belief and a Messiah that would someday come and, and so forth. Look at verse 27. By faith, he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured to seeing he that was a bit. Verse 28, through faith, he kept the Passover, <clears throat> keeping the Passover when they offered an animal for sacrifice, took the blood, put it over the house, top of their house, and the Lord said the death angel is going to pass over at midnight, but if he sees the blood... When he sees the blood over the housetop and on the lintels on each side, he'll pass over your house and the oldest son will not die. They believed that. The Jews believed it. Moses believed that. And he kept it. That was an act. He had to kill that that, uh, lamb. He had to take the blood. He had to apply the blood. Folks, when you come to the Lord and you're saved, the application of the blood of Jesus Christ that was paid, he's the lamb slain that's why john the baptist said behold the lamb of god that's slain from the foundation of the world behold the lamb of god that take away the sin of the world that's why that jesus christ's bloodshed has to be applied to our lives and it's applied praise the lord through repentance and baptism in jesus name we praise the lord we're baptized into his wonderful life and just as jesus died for us praise the lord so also shall we live in him because he paid the price by Shedding his blood for us. Uh, let me go a little bit further here. Through faith he kept the Passover. And of course the death angel passed out. That the oldest son in all the Egyptian homes died. But not in the Hebrew homes because they kept the Passover. And they, they did that through faith. It was an act of faith on their part. I'm trying to show you here where faith. Look at verse 29. By faith they passed through the Red Sea. As by dry land. That Red Sea rolled back, and they walked across on dry land. You may, you may tell you what I believe. I believe that that sand was just as dry as a desert that they walked on. I believe when God said, "Let all the water come forth," that area that they walked on, and the water was like it there was a wall on their right hand, and a wall on their left hand. Those kids went, in, perhaps I don't know, but they were they, they was on each side, and the and the, where they walked was dry try and they walked through that red sea because god performed that miracle and they walked it believing that god was bringing them through it through deliverance and he was delivering them and when they got to the other side moses held up his rod again and they came together and pharaoh's armies at this time now was charging across the sea to get to them and that sea rolled together on all of them and destroyed them all now one other verse here i'm going to read to you look at verse 30 by faith The walls of Jericho fell down after they were compassed about seven days. Walls of Jericho. The Lord said, now, when you come to the walls of Jericho, walk around them one day every day. And for seven days. On the seventh day, go around it seven times. And on the seventh time, blow your trumpets and the walls are going to fall down. And they did it through faith. Now, they could have said, oh, we don't have to do anything. Not you know, we're, through faith, we don't, there's no works involved. There's no, there's no acts of faith involved. Yes, there was. You had to do what the Lord. Every one of these shows us acts of faith. And if we were to read that entire 11th chapter, we'd see that it goes all the way back to everybody who had faith in God, always kept the acts of God or the requirements of God by acting upon the faith they have. So what's that got to do with us today? we were praise the lord we repent look at number look at e here acts 238 you all know the verse repent be baptized every one of you in the name of jesus christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the holy ghost repent okay we have to repent of our sins that's an act of faith we have to be baptized in jesus name that's an act of faith praise the lord we have to receive his spirit pray and ask god to give it to you that's an act of faith those are all acts of faith praise the lord so you don't just say, Oh, I believe and walk out the door You know. You say no you have to say, No, there's an act of faith. I gotta do what the word tells me that I have to do. And we have to act upon it and God will save us and everything. So we've got it listed out there. Repentance, number one, water baptism, number two, and receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost, number three here. And all of these scriptures, praise the Lord, that's given to us here, tells us here how we have how we have to be saved <clears throat> praise god <clears throat> now i want to get back basically to what we are talking about here is that our ministry of reconciliation and i want to talk to you about jesus's example to us <clears throat> are you ready for this <clears throat> jesus's example to us of the ministry of reconciliation we are saved now in the body of christ living for god walking with him and the Lord now has given unto us the ministry of reconciliation. Now, what is it? Our example is what Jesus did in his earthly ministry on this earth. Now, I'm going to talk to you about a few of these situations here. I want you to go to John 8, 3. 8, 3. John 8, 3. And this is the woman caught in adultery. 8, 3. <clears throat> John 8, 3. Praise God. I'm going to read down through verse 11 here. Describing the, the Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken in adultery. And when they had sent, sent her in the midst, they say unto him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. Now, Moses in the law commanded us that such a one should be stoned. But what sayest thou? Now, let me just say one thing here. The Jews had no right at this time in history in Israel to kill anyone, stone them or anything else, because they were under Roman law the Romans forbid them to exercise Jewish law under the Roman law. That's why that when with Jesus, it was such a hassle in trying to crucify Jesus. Finally, Pilate consented to crucify him!" I find no fault. Him. You crucify. Him. And so the, the, the Roman law had to consent to it. Now, they're bringing this woman to Jesus saying she should be stoned to death, knowing that nobody can really stone her to death. You see, they're, they're trying to trap him. Trying to trap Jesus. <clears throat> now I'm going to read verse 5 again. Now, Moses in the law commanded us that such a one should be stoned. What sayest thou? This they said, tempting him that they might have to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and with his finger wrote on the ground as though he heard them not. He didn't appear. Just a bunch of guys brought a poor woman. Caught in adultery, drug her up there, threw her down on the ground in the middle of them all. And then said, what do we, what do, we do here? We're supposed to stone her together, to, de- to stone her to death. And he just stooped down and started writing. Verse 7, so when they continued asking him, <clears throat> he lifted up himself and said unto them, He that is without sin... Among you, let him cast a stone at her. He that's without sin. Let him cast a stone at her. Now, I want to talk to you a little bit about it before I go any further. I'll talk about it in just a moment here. Where's the man? They brought a woman here. If you looked under the law where it was commanded that they were to be stoned adultery, it was the man and the woman. But they just drug a woman up there. Where's the guy involved? Hey, women, I'm on your side on this thing. Where's the guy involved? Hey, Willie, we're going to take her and drag her over there to and say that she needs to be stoned. You check on out of here so you won't get in trouble. We know you're involved in she but we're going to let you go free. Is that what happened? I don't know. If they caught her in the very act, there had to be somebody else involved, right? There had to be a man involved with her. Did they tell him, hey, you can go free? Or, or did he say, hey, you don't mess with me, man. I, oh, whatever. I don't know. But they got the poor woman and drug her up there. And they're going to see if they can get Jesus all buzzled, you know. And not knowing what he believes and what he, what to say. And they threw the woman down in the midst of them. And Jesus just stooped down and starts writing on the sand. Now, the next thing, what did he write of the sand? That's interesting. What did he begin to write of the sand? And he finally said, he that is without sin among you, let him cast first a stone at her. And again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. Maybe he was saying down there, Thou shalt not lie. Thou shalt not bear false witness. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt honor thy mother and thy father. Thou shalt not bear false witness. Thou shalt not covet anything that is of thy neighbor. I don't know what he was writing. Maybe he was writing that and they were all starting to read some things that they were guilty of and he said he does without sin let him cast a stone they said no I, i'm guilty of that is that what happened i don't know but whatever it was they knew that they had sin in their life if not from their own memory of it maybe what jesus was writing that's an interesting thing because the bible doesn't say what he wrote it simply says he either, and when they continued asking me, lifted up himself as of them he does without sin. Let him cast the stone at her. And verse eight. And again he stooped down and wrote on the ground. And they which heard it, being convicted by their own conscience, went out one by one, beginning at the eldest, the oldest one. Then well, he's right there. I can't. I got i got sin in my life. I've, I've done things I shouldn't have done. Nobody stoned me to death. Maybe it was things way back there in later life that nobody knows. And so they, one by one, lived the elders even until the last. And Jesus was left alone, the woman standing in the midst. Now, here's where I'm going with this. When Jesus had lifted up himself and saw none but the woman, he said unto her, Woman, where are those Thine accusers hath no man condemned thee? And she says, No man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. Now, Jesus forgave her here. Now, what's your point, Brother Myers? My point that I am bringing out here simply is that those who have committed sin jesus forgives praise the lord that's part of this ministry of reconciliation jesus gave us an example here that sinners can have their sins forgiven and i don't care what kind of background you've got i don't care where you came from i don't care how bad it's been i don't care how serious out there that you're involved in something i'm just telling you that jesus christ can forgive you and will forgive you of your sins. Thank God for that. We're talking about that wonderful grace of God. Praise the Lord. He, for, he forgives. And here's a woman here now who the Lord simply forgave her of her sins and said, go and sin no more. Praise the Lord. He forgave her of her sins. He had an open door. It was all cleaned up. It was all cleared up. And this is that ministry of reconciliation that he gave us an example of. So that you and I can know there are people, folks, out there that's got all kinds of crazy backgrounds. And I'm sure that if we were, if we knew the history of a lot of us, a lot of us would have those crazy backgrounds. It doesn't matter. But people are out there having crazy backgrounds. Jesus forgave them. And I want you to know that you and I, with the ministry of reconciliation, need to understand that if we can bring them to Jesus, if we can get them to Christ... If we can bring them into harmony with the Lord, the Lord can forgive them of their sins. You say, Brother Myers, that's some serious sins. I know it. I know it. I know there's some serious sins. But God can forgive anything because he's God. And he can give the power, praise the Lord, over those sins so that that person can walk with the Lord and enjoy those heavenly places, praise the Lord. That you and I are, are, are privileged to, to walk in. Now, let me give you another example here. Uh, I want you to go to Mark two. Mark two twenty-three. This is Jesus' disciples eating corn on the Sabbath day. Look at this one. This is an interesting one here. This is an interesting one. This is Mark chapter two and uh, verse twenty-three. And uh, it came to pass that he went through the cornfields on the Sabbath day, and his disciples began as they went to pluck the ears of corn. Now, understand this about the Jewish law. It was not wrong to pick somebody's corn and eat it if you were just walking through the fields. Nobody was, the, the owner could not stop you from picking corn and eating it you couldn't pack it you couldn't pick it and sack it up and take it home. But if you were hungry and you were walking through the cornfield, you could pick it and you were eating it. That was not the problem here that these Pharisees saw with Jesus' disciples. It came to pass and read that twenty third verse again, it came to pass that he went through the cornfields on the Sabbath day. It was the Sabbath day that was the problem. It was on the Sabbath. And they weren't supposed to be working. Which means they weren't supposed to be plucking the corn. That's what they were saying. That wasn't really working at all. It was just picking corn and eating it. it came to pass that he went through the cornfields on the Sabbath day. And his disciples began as they went to pluck the ears of corn. And the Pharisees said unto him, Behold, why do they do on the Sabbath day that which is not lawful? They're, picking, they're doing harvest. They're picking the harvest. Picking corn on the Sabbath day. It wasn't they were picking corn. They were hungry. They were hungry. They had a right to do that. Now, look what he says here in verse 25. Look at this very closely here. He said unto them, have you never read what David did when he had need and was and hungered? He and they that were with him. He's talking about when David was fleeing from Saul and he went to the he went to the uh, tabernacle and they had some bread inside the tabernacle on the on the on the on the table of. The table of showbread. And it says, look at verse 1. How he went into the house of God in the days of Abathar, the high priest, and did eat the showbread. David went there and his men went there and they said, we're starving. Do you have any food here? And the priest said, all I have is this showbread is here, which is only for the priest to eat. And David said, give that to me. And they gave it to him. And he ate the showbread, which is not lawful to eat, but for the priest. I'm reading here twenty-six. And gave also to them which were with him. And he said unto them, the Sabbath was not made for man, but man for the Sabbath. I mean, uh, the Sabbath was not made for man, but not man, but, and not man for the Sabbath. Not man was made for the Sabbath. Therefore, the Son of Man is Lord also of the Sabbath. Now, let me just talk to you for a few moments here, folks. If there's anything that God honors... It's hunger listen to me carefully on this i don't care what your background is i don't care where you've been i don't care what you've gone through i don't care how how bad it is it has been if you are hungry for god the lord will push aside every kind of thing in the world to bring you into his presence That you might receive his wonderful blessings, his goodness, his glory, his forgiveness, his mercy, his kindness, his grace. That you might be saved. If there's hunger. Somebody that's hungry for the Lord. They're going to find the Lord. They're going to get there. And I just say, God, give us hungry people. Anybody, I don't care what you've been in. I don't care what you've been through. I don't care what they've done out there. If they're hungry. If they're hungry. I want you to know that God will satisfy I'm talking about spiritual hunger now. God will satisfy that and a person can say, you know I'm just in so I've been in some so kind of mess and I've been in all kind of garbage and I've been in all kind of this and that and everything and I've all mixed up, confused everything I'm just hungry for something real. This is it, folks and God is touched by that. I'm telling you, praise the Lord, he pushes aside. Even the commandment that this showbread was only for the priest, He said, no, 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 these men are hungry. They were physically and literally physically hungry, David and those men. But when you're spiritually hungry, God will open a door and make a way and, and let you come into his presence and into his glory and into his grace and give you his salvation. All he wants is for there to be a hunger in your heart. Amen. And I'm telling you here tonight, I'm saying this now in the boldness of the Holy Ghost. Out there, there's a lot of hungry people. We don't know maybe who they are. We haven't come in contact with them. But they're out there. They're hungry. They're hungry. I remember years ago, canvassing one day on a Saturday morning. Some of our church people and us were out canvassing, knocking on doors, just inviting people to church. Giving them tracts. Telling them that we, you know, we want them to. Visit us. God loves them I knocked on this one door, and this woman came to the door. She was, she came and she opened the door and looked at me, and I said, "I'm so and so and so." And she just kept looking at me and looking at me. Funny light. Like. I just kept talking and I gave her a track and everything. She said, "It's strange that you would knock on my door and ask me to come to your church when I have been praying and asking God." to help me to know how I can find him because I'm hungry for God. Her name was Delilah. Her name was Delilah. She's an African-American lady. And she said, I've been hungry for God. I said, you come to our church and you'll find exactly what you want. You come there. This is on said, You be there tomorrow morning. I'll look for you. She came, came to the altar, got saved, got filled with the Holy Ghost, had a little boy, praise the Lord with him and sometime years later she was in the church here for about 10 years she moved up to dc got in the church up there and one day this big nice tall handsome african-american guy walked in and he said brother myers do you know who i am And i said no i'm so and so and that's the little boy that she had back whenever she came to this church he said my mother and i are still living for god still going on with the lord and he was now a full-grown man i'm just telling you folks There are people that are hungry for God out there. I don't know if they've been praying or whether they just, but they said, God, show me the right way. There's so many different ways to go. And God's looking for hungry hearts. Praise the Lord. Let me move on very quickly here. We talked about this also last week. Look at the Samaritan woman. This is interesting. The the Samaritan woman at the well, Jacob's well, uh, John 4, John 4. Praise God. John 4, 16. I'm going to save time here just by hitting a few scriptures. This is the woman at the well when Jesus went there. He said, I have needs to go through Samaria. Verse 16, Jesus said unto her, Go call thou husband. Because he had said to her, You know, if you drink of this water, you'll thirst again. But I got water if you drink of it, you'll never thirst again. He told her that, you know. And uh, so she just kept talking to him. And she said, When the Messiah comes, he'll tell us all things. Then she says to her, Jesus said to her, Go, call thy husband, and come hither. <clears throat> the woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said unto her, Thou hast well said, I have no husband. For thou hast had five husbands, and he whom thou now hast is not thy husband, and that sayest thou truly. In other words, Jesus knew everything about her. And verse 25, the woman said unto him, I know the Messiah cometh, which is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. <clears throat> verse 26, Jesus said unto her, I that speak unto thee am he. Look at verse 28. The woman then left her water pot, went her way into the city, and saith to the men, Come, see a man which told me all things that ever I did, as did. Is not this the Christ, the Messiah? Verse 30. Then they went out of the city and came unto him. And the Bible goes on to talk about how that when they came, the Lord began to tell them. And the Lord actually spent two days there with those people in that city and with those Samaritans talking to them. And they were amazed and they began to believe that Jesus was the Messiah. And that was a place, that was a people that was forbidden. Now, we already talked about it, but the Samaritans was uh, those with a sordid past. You've got You've had five husbands and one you're with now is not your husband. In other words, you've got a sordid past. I don't care what your background is. I don't care what kind of background you're in. I don't care what kind of mess you're in. Folks, it doesn't matter with God. He is still reaching out to save us, to save anyone out there. And you can have all kinds of a messed up background, but you can still come to the Lord and his grace is still full and running over. And all he wants you to do, praise the Lord, is act upon that grace. Praise the Lord through faith and the actions of faith by repenting of your sins, being baptized in Jesus' name, and being filled with his spirit. Praise the Lord. And these are all the things that the Lord, these were all different situations here. Uh, Then then there was the healing of the lepers. I don't have, I'm running out of time here. And uh, let me give you this. The healing of the lepers. I won't read the scriptures, but the Lord found some lepers. They were at leprosy; they were unclean. And the Lord healed them. They said, "Lord," he said, "What will you have me? I'll have you. I would like for you to to clean us from our leprosy." And he said, "Be thou clean." As you know, he cleaned ten lepers, and one came back and gave him, you know, honor and so forth. Now I'm pointing out here simply that you can be unclean, and the Lord forgives us. His grace covers that. It doesn't matter. These were all the ministries of reconciliation that Jesus was doing to give us examples that all we have to do is reach out there. I don't care what their background is, folks. Jesus did it. If he did it, we can do it. We have that right, that permission also from him to reach out there to the world and say, Jesus can save you. You never have to say to somebody, oh, well, that's a pretty bad sin. I don't know if the Lord can forgive you on that one. Or I don't know, that's, boy, you really are in trouble. I don't know. No, no, no. You never have to say that. All you've got to say is, look, Jesus forgives. Jesus forgets. The Lord cleanses. The Lord can make you whole again. He can make you happy. He can give you peace. He can give you joy in your heart. He can turn you around, make it all over all right again, praise the Lord, because he's a kind of a God. And uh, then finally, uh, the one that I'm going to read here, Mary Magdalene. I won't read that verse of scripture because it just simply says what I'm going to say right here. Mary Magdalene, of whom he cast out seven devils. Uh, Luke 8 uh, and 2, it talks about Mary Magdalene. Mary Magdalene was a faithful and a very faithful servant of his right on through his earthly ministry right on up until he was crucified and then finally rose again the third day among all the other women she was always usually there as well as Mary the mother of Jesus and and uh, some of the others I'm just pointing out to you here that she had seven devils in her seven devils amen there's I don't care how many devils you got Jesus can cast them all out praise the Lord there's nothing that the Lord can't take care of Praise the Lord. You can say, oh, I I just got, you know, I'm I'm demon possessed. I got devil. Oh, that's all right. The Lord can cast them all out because that's what he does. Praise the Lord. And he wants you and I to exercise that wonderful, wonderful ministry of reconciliation that he has given us and put in our hearts to follow up what he has left in our hands to do. In other words, what Jesus did here, forgiving uh, calling anybody hey it doesn't matter what your background is you could be saved that's what he wants us to do not say oh i don't know i'm not sure blah 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 and all those kind of things i want you to go to with me to uh matthew uh matthew 28 19 said go you know all uh, heaven uh says uh all powers given unto me in heaven and earth uh, go into all the world, preach the gospel, baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, and uh, and so forth. And he talks about that in Matthew 28:19. This is where the Lord gave us this ministry of reconciliation. Just go. Just do it. And that's found in 28:18. Let me just go ahead and read that verse. And then I'll go, to my, I'll go to our last verse here, one that you don't have in your notes. Uh, look at uh, Matthew 28, 18, Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, all power is given to me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. We know that to be the name Jesus. Jesus is the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. So the Lord's giving us then this ministry of reconciliation. Now, I want to show you something. This is not in your your notes there, but I just want to pass this along to you. This is in this is in Matthew chapter five. I'm going to read verse thirty-eight and thirty-nine. Matthew chapter five and uh, verse thirty eight and thirty nine. Ye have heard that it hath been said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. All right. Verse thirty nine. But I say unto you that ye resist not evil. But whosoever shall smite thee on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. Wow, that's tough. I never heard of that. Somebody smites you on the right cheek, turn to him the other. You know why the Lord told his disciples that? He's trying to prepare them for that ministry of reconciliation. You don't know who you will come in contact with. Just be willing to be kind and gentle and loving to everybody you can. And in doing so, folks, you're going to win some of them to the Lord and bring them to Christ. Jesus will do the saving, but we have to bring them to him. Now, let me go a little further. Look at the 42nd verse. Give to him that asketh thee, and from him that would borrow thee, turn not thou away. Wow. Somebody asked to give him something. Look at Verse 43. You have heard that it hath been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I say, verse 44, I say unto you, love your enemies. Huh? Love them. Yep. Bless them that curse you. What? Wait, wait a minute. This is what Jesus is telling us that we should do. You know why he's telling us that? Because he's trying to give us that ministry of reconciliation. We have got to have a loving, kind, Long-suffering spirit, folks, to reach out to people that's of all walks of life out there. And, oh, God, help us to be that way. Help us to be that way. Help us to love people. Help us to reach out to that world and help them to find the Lord. Not get logged, not to get bogged down in the world ourselves, but that we might reach them. Always remember, if they're in the quicksand, you've got to stay on solid ground. And the church is solid ground. I'm going to finish reading 44. But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you, that you may be the children of your Father which is in heaven, for he maketh his Son to rise on the evil and on the good and sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. So God's good to everybody. So He said to you, because God is, you be the same way. For if you love them which love you, and, and, and uh, what reward have you? Do not even the publicans the same? Look at verse 47. And if you salute your brethren only, what do you more than others? Do not even the publicans the same. Now I'm going to jump down to chapter 6. I'm going to, this is chapter 5, I'm going to six fourteen. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father then will forgive you. You forgive me in their trespasses. I read an article in the Pentecostal Herald. uh, I don't know what publication it was. Where a woman that was saved said, listen to this now. It was interesting. This woman said that she'd been divorced from her husband for several years and she hated him, hated him, hated him. She was saved now living for God, walking with the Lord. But she felt like that he owed her a big apology. And he, she just hated him. I don't know what it was back there in their married life, but you know, she just hated him. And this went on for, for a while. And she got to praying about it. And you know what the Lord spoke to her about? He says, I want you to forgive him no 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 she's saying lord he needs to ask me for forgiveness he needs to come to me and say please forgive me for what i did or what whatever whatever it was back there she didn't name all that this was in the this was in our pentecostal news pentecostal news whatever she says I, he, he needs to ask me to forgive him he says, the lord spoke to her heart again said no no you ask him to forgive you she got to thinking about it and said, well, if this is what God wants me to do. That's what I'll do. And so somehow or another, they made arrangements to meet. And she said to him, I want you to forgive me. And all of a sudden, tears came in his eyes. He pulled out his handkerchief and wiped his eyes. And he says, thank you for asking me. He said, I. You are forgiven. He said that to her. You are forgiven. She's thinking to herself, what have I done to you? <laughs> and he says, you're forgiven. And then he turns around and says, I want you to forgive me. And he forgave, she forgave him, and he forgave her. And it didn't read about what happened after that. They went on, But what I am trying to say, they had made reconciliation with each other. He didn't hate her anymore. She didn't hate him. But she thought that all the hatred was on her side against him. Found out that he had some issues. too. I don't know what the background was. It didn't say it didn't cover all that. But I am just trying to say here today to us folks that we have to have a spirit of forgiveness. And I don't know if you've ever been hurt. You've ever been somebody ever done anything to you. But the Bible teaches here. To forgive. I'm going to read that 14th verse again. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your heavenly Father forgive you your trespasses. And all through here in these chapters 7, it talks about judging. 7 1. Judge not that ye be not judged. Verse 2. For with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged. And with what measure you met, it shall be measured to you. The Lord is trying to give his disciples a ministry of reconciliation. If you're going to help people get saved and find God and come to the Lord and get to know Jesus and his love and mercy and grace to them, you can't judge them. You've got to say, Lord, you're the judge. I'm just here to spread the gospel, to talk to people about the Lord, to tell them how good you are. And leave all the judgment in the hands of the Lord. Do you understand what I'm saying? And there are other things we could talk about here. And I won't go any further. Our time is gone. But, folks, the ministry of reconciliation, that's what God has given us. And he patterned it for us for us to know what it was like and who, who we reach out to. And we find out it's for everybody. And there's nobody that the Lord can't save. Nobody that God can't save. He's the Savior of whosoever will oh hallelujah i'm going to close with this this is a card that was given to my wife and i on our 50th anniversary of being here at this at this church for 50 years and uh it's a card that was given by a, a, a couple in the church it says and here this struck me and i have put it on my desk kept it on my desk ever since it's a card showing a gate here's what it says down at the bottom One day, I believe you'll hear the Lord say, I am so proud that you let me use you. Is God using us? I'm talking about this spirit of reconciliation, this ministry of reconciliation. I am so proud that you let me use you. Because of you, others are here today. Then it goes on to say, would you like to meet them? And then the gates open. And, folks, one of these days we're going to get to heaven. And it may be something like this. Would you like to meet some people that you helped find God, that you brought to the Lord, that you, because of your ministry of reconciliation, help them, praise the Lord, to come to Jesus Christ, find God, and get saved? I'm going to, You may not even know. They may have gone on their way. They may have moved away somewhere else, but they've gone on with their life. Come on, I'll let you meet them. Isn't that something? Because heaven's going to be for a long, long time, and I want to go there. Somebody told me just just tonight, Brother Myers, anytime he's ready to come, I'm ready for him to come. Amen. (laughs) Let's lift our hands. Let's stand together and lift our hands and praise him. Would you do that? Oh, Lord, we love you so much tonight. God, you're so good to us. You're so good to us. So good to us, Lord. Thank you for your people. Thank you for these wonderful people that are here tonight. Thank you for these that are watching us even on the Internet, God. We thank you, Jesus, for your love, your grace, your goodness, your mercy, your kindness, Lord. Help us, God, to reach this world that's around us. Help us to reach our neighborhood. Help us to reach our relatives, our friends. Help us to bring them to the Lord. And we give you the praise and glory for all things in Jesus' name. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.